Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid's sleeping isn't one. Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, good night, whatever time of day you are listening to this. So today I am going to talk a little bit, let's call this one a hot take. I feel like this is kind of a hot take about the whole concept of gentle sleep training and of cry it out and everything in between. Because I think these are, for some people, triggering words. For some people, they're very emotional about these things, have strong opinions. And I will start off by saying one thing. My job as a sleep expert who loves babies and toddlers and children and who loves working with families and is a mom of three kids myself, my job is to support people who want help from me and trust my process. My job is not to convince anybody to do anything they don't want to do. I have zero interest in that. I don't care what you do. Whatever works for your family, whatever makes you a happy parent and have a happy, healthy child is what you should do. So I think that's really important to say off the bat. I have no agenda. I have no interest in trying to like convince or cajole or force anyone into believing that what works for me and my clients and my people is right for everybody because I don't think it is. I think there are lots of different ways of doing things. And for some families, the way I look at sleep and the way I think about it might not fit with what they want to do. And that is fine. Guess what? There's a lot of people in the world and we're not all going to be exactly the same. We are literally free to be you and me. And I think that's an important place to start because I do think there is a lot of rhetoric on the internet. I think there's a lot of, you know, trigger happy memes and clickbait that is shaming moms, that is confusing them, that is trying to convince them that whatever they've chosen to do is wrong. And I have no interest in even like speaking to that side of of the sleep world, right? We're, what we're talking about here is just factual. If you follow me, if you're a client, like you follow me on Instagram, or hopefully even just through listening to this podcast, you know that I believe very strongly in information that is backed by data, that is free of emotion, but full of empathy, right? Understanding the experience as a mom, but not coming from an emotional place um, and coming from a place of facts and giving people realistic expectations and a real understanding of what this process is going to look like for them and the support as they're going through it. So that is my soapbox. I'm going to get off of it now. So what I want to talk about, when you hear people say gentle sleep, I'm a gentle sleep coach. I'm, I only want gentle sleep training. Or you hear cry it out. We're fine with cry it out. Or we could never do cry it out. Do you know People ask me, do you do cry it out? Here's the thing. Those are not official terms. That is like going into a store and saying you want natural food. There isn't like a guy, you know, who decides what's natural or not, right? Something can be, anything can be marked as natural. It doesn't really mean anything, right? Natural soap, natural uh, Cheerios. What does that mean? What, what makes it natural? Same thing with sleep. There isn't like something that is gentle on babies. Cry it out has a million different meanings for a million different people. When I'll see on a client's intake, we don't want cry it out. I always ask them, what does that mean to you? I want to understand and support you. And I always say, this is no judgment. Whatever your answer is, is fine by me. But tell me what that means. What does cry it out mean to you? So from like a clinical perspective, mine as a professional in this space, 
for me, cry it out means you like shut the door at 7 p.m. and you do not return until 7 a.m. Okay, that's cry it out. That literally is like we are not intervening at all for any reason as your baby learns to sleep or your child learns to sleep. Gentle, on the other hand, no official term, but what it really means to parents typically and what it means to professionals in my space is that you are more involved physically as your baby is learning to sleep. So you are physically present in the room much more than some other methods. Is that gentle or not gentle? That's where I think it gets confusing. So I want to speak to that specifically here because we're talking about two different things. One is about how much a baby is crying and one is about how much time you're physically in the room. And here is the truth. You cannot control in the literal sense how much your baby or child is going to cry. People ask me, how much do they usually cry? How long does the crying last? What if I don't want crying? I tell them, which is what I'm going to tell you, that this isn't about how much they cry. This is about how physically involved you want to be in this process. So think of it from this perspective. What we're doing with sleep training, I call it sleep guidance, you might hear sleep coaching, anything like that. What we're doing is helping a baby, and I'm going to use baby for all intents and purposes here. This applies to older kids and methods that work for them as well. We're teaching your baby to learn to sleep independently, right? So when you come to a sleep consultant or you take a course or you read a book to help with sleep, you're experiencing something like naps are short and you're having to get them up and they cry. They don't know how to connect to their sleep cycles or it's really hard to put them down. They can only sleep on mom and dad's chest. They're waking up multiple times for feeds at night. So they're struggling to do these things independently. They're requiring something else to help them sleep. They need you to give them a bottle. They need the breast. They need the pacifier. They need you to pick them up and rock them back to sleep, right? Any of these things, they're looking externally for something to put themselves to sleep. So no matter what kind of method or theory, whether you're doing something where you are constantly picking a baby up, you know, and do like a pickup put down all the way through something where you shut the door at seven and you don't return for 12 hours. The entire intent is for them to put themselves to sleep. So even if you are picking them up constantly, you're still, you know, if you're following things, you are still putting them back down before they fall asleep so they can put themselves to sleep. So what we're controlling in this process is how involved you are. We're not controlling how much they cry. So That's why when you say something like, I want, not you literally, a person says, I want something gentle. I want, I want no cry or I I don't want any crying. That is akin to going to a a trainer and saying, listen, I need my beach body back. I want a six pack. Um, But I just am not interested in that feeling where your legs are really burning and your arms hurt. um, And I don't like getting sweaty. And also, I love my donuts, and that's an important thing for me. I want to keep having my donuts every morning. So what can you do? And the trainer's going to be like, I don't think you should probably pay for a trainer. This is a great analogy because, listen, you don't have to get a beach body. That is not a requirement. You can eat as many donuts as you want. You do you, sister or sir. But if you go to a trainer whose job is to get you in shape, then you're going to have to work for it, right? It's going to be hard work. And it's hard work for babies to learn to sleep. It doesn't mean that it's a bad thing, but they have to work, right? They have to learn something new. So you have to go into the process knowing that if you expect there to be a big change, 
you're going to have to work hard to get there, right? The reason that clients leave me and many sleep consultants or they take a course or a book and they come back and they're like, that was amazing. This is life-changing is because they worked hard and they were really focused on doing something, right? So you have to be prepared for that when you're going into this process. So when you're thinking about the process of sleep training, of sleep guidance, like I said, you're thinking about how involved you want to be physically versus how much your baby is going to cry because we cannot control that. Here is what I can control as a sleep consultant and you can control as a parent. You can control when you feed your baby. You can control focusing on how much they eat. You can focus on what the sleep environment looks like and feels like. You can focus on what you're doing with them during your awake time. You can focus on how they're being put down and you can focus on how you respond when they wake up. Those are huge, huge pieces of the puzzle and any sleep consultant worth their salt is looking at all of those things. No one who should be working with families and children is like, here's a a method and just like go have fun and do it. They want to know exactly how old the baby is. They want to know what's happening when they are put down for naps. They want to know what your sleep environment looks like. They want to know how many feeds a day they're taking, if they're in a bottle, how many ounces, how long they're nursing for. These are incredibly important steps in the process of sleep guidance because I can give a client the perfect, the best, whatever method, but if those things aren't locked up, who knows what's going to happen, right? You have no idea. So in order to predict as little crying as possible, it's making sure all of those pieces are in place, right? Like imagine we put a baby down for a nap way too late or way too early or they hadn't eaten nearly enough. They genuinely were very hungry. They're going to be crying hysterically. It doesn't matter if it's the right method, right? It matters that all of the pieces are in play. So when you're thinking about how much a baby's going to cry, you're looking for a really holistic method or theory, person you're working with, course you're taking, that's looking at all of these different pieces so you can feel really confident that you've set your baby up for the most success, which means all of the pieces are in place to teach them to cry less because their needs are being met properly while they're learning to sleep independently. And let's assume all of these pieces are in place, right? We have a great schedule, or if you're using wake windows, you have great wake windows. You know, the baby's being fed well. Obviously, all of this goes without saying a child is healthy and growing, right, before we get into this process. And then you're thinking through the method you're going to use. Remember, at that point, We've set them up for the most success possible. Now it's a matter of how physically involved you want to be. And the truth is, I'm going to be absolutely honest with you guys. The truth is, once you get to that step and we're just talking about the method, this is more for you than it is for your baby. It is the method that you are going to stick with and is that it going to work for you. That is bottom line. It doesn't matter if I give a client the method I think is best for them and I think will work best for their baby based on the baby's age and temperament and all those things. If the parents aren't going to stick with it, it doesn't matter because they're not going to do it, right? So you need to do something that you are going to stick with and is going to work for you. That being said, for some babies, it's not a big deal if the parents are very involved or not very involved. It's kind of irrelevant to them. It's what works best for the parents. But for many babies, methods where you're more involved, quote unquote, gentle, again, not an official term, it's actually harder for the babies because maybe previously they were being fed or they were picked up constantly. And now all they're getting is mom standing over the crib talking to them or shush patting them constantly. And they're incredibly frustrated. They're like, what are you doing? Why aren't you picking me up? Right. So in a lot of cases, that's actually harder on the baby. And regardless of what type of method we're using, I always tell clients 
to think about how their baby is responding. When you check in on them, if you touch them, if you do X, Y, Z, how are they responding? Does it calm them or does it make them more upset? You need to listen to what they're telling you. And if it's making them more upset, then you need to take a step back. Because I think as a parent, it's really, really hard to, as I love to say, put their needs ahead of our feelings, right? Because our instinct, especially if you're listening to this as a mom, your instinct is to jump in immediately and try to fix things, right? And it happens even with older kids. I'll catch myself, you know, with my five-year-old getting frustrated with something new. He's learning like a task, like tying a shoe and trying to get a shirt on and off or whatever. And my instinct is to like jump in and do it for him. And I have to stop myself and be like, he is never going to learn how to put on a shirt and button it if I keep trying to do it for him, right? And it's the same thing with sleep. So that's always something to consider when you're working through a method or you're working on a process. Again, I want to be very clear that there is no judgment. And if you're working with a sleep consultant or you're taking a course, et cetera, if you feel any twinge of like, you're wrong, I'm right, you're terrible, you're stupid if you don't know this, then I would back away very fast because sleep is a very triggering, like I said, and complex thing. And most families who are seeking support with sleep are exhausted. And they've already tried things probably. They've already maybe tried a bunch of different things that haven't worked for them. So it's really important that you are in a place where you feel safe and supported as you're going through this process and understanding that this is as much about what you're ready for as what your baby is ready for. And when you are ready as a parent and you are like, the place we're in now is not where I want to be anymore and I'm ready to make a change, then your baby's going to be ready. And until you feel that way, they won't be, right? Because you want to do it when you are set up for the most success and you feel really confident that you're ready to tackle it. And at that point, it's understanding when you're thinking through these different methods, how involved you want to be and focusing on a program or a, a consultant or a book, whatever, that is taking a full picture view of your baby's life so that you can feel really confident about their feeds and their awake times and the structure of their day and set you up for the most success possible. Because if those things are in place and you're very consistent with whatever method you choose, your baby is going to learn to be a great sleeper no matter what you choose. But I want you to be careful when you think through the different terms that are thrown around very loosely that don't necessarily mean what parents think they will. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this gives you more confidence as you tackle the sleep training, sleep guidance, sleep teaching process, knowing that whatever you choose to do, you're going to do great. Have a great week, guys. Loving the snooze button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to brittanysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at Sleep.